everybody and welcome to another episode of the sick marxism podcast i am your host sam and of course this episode as always will be edited by rich thank you rich uh this should this should be a nice fun one today a lot of news uh, a little discussion of the video games uh, we got some chud reading series coming along the way and of course we have a guest um so this uh Faith or Moon, we will probably refer to you as both because we're dullards and we're idiots, so feel free to mock us in the comments. Uh, Faith, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, the antidepressants are starting to finally kick in, so I'm feeling a little bit more awake, and the coffee's hitting in at exactly the right time, so we're in perfect... Uh... Anyways, Daddy, how are you doing? I'm back again. I left. I came back. I saw. I came. I conquered. I came some more. Uh, that's about it. God damn. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord, uh, uh, this, this is this a great gonna, start. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. Alex, how are you doing today? Yeah, not too bad. I finished my course um, and was up late last night celebrating. So I did venture out of my little cave for uh, once in, in, my, uh, in, in, in my life, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, excited to talk about news and other stuff. Uh, nice. Are you going to finally venture off to your local, uh, friendly local game store, GW? Uh, put those model, those nice, beautiful painted models to practice? Well, um, I think that I might just leave that for another few years until I finally painted each one of my models in an excruciatingly slow process. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I, I like to defer my gratification, uh, preferably yeah. as far in the future as possible. You have yeah. to get like, like like that jeweler's loop and like look at all your models and make sure all the imperfections are all smoothed out and everything. Mm. Yes, you know I, I wash yeah. each of them every day. Just probably why I have to repaint them. He needs them just as smooth as his brain. Uh, then it'll be then it'll be perfection. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so um, Faith, uh, how are you familiar with the hobby? Um, I used to play 40k like a long time ago, like over five years ago. Mm. What'd you What'd you play? I've played. I've played Space Marines, I've played Eldar, and I've played Sisters of Battle. Oh, okay. Very nice, very nice. Uh, so, are you thinking about getting back into the hobby, or just kind of following the lore? Uh, what, what, like, what are you up to nowadays? I'm considering getting into AOS, actually. Um, Wanderers. Oh. Ah. Well, it's a good thing you're getting into Wanderers, because we have a little bit of news to talk about that. Uh, in terms of uh, news for me, I just did a nice little 2v2 battle report. Uh, 1,000 points each side. I was playing Guard, allied with Harlequins versus Drukarian Blood Angels. And uh, for some reason, the Drukarian the Blood Angels decided to not attack the Lehman Russes, which I think is an interesting strategic point. It's an advanced technique. Yeah. Uh, they murdered lots of Guardsmen, but they definitely did not murder all the Guardsmen. Uh, I, I did the classic Guardsmen strategy of I had more bodies than they had bullets, and uh, I won that way <laughs> through sheer weight of fire, just as the Emperor would like it to be. Alrighty. So, let's coming on to the first topic of the day. We have uh, 
the Warhammer Age of Sigmar Open Day 2019 live blog to discuss, where we have lots and lots of AOS news. Uh, Alex, as a resident AOS expert, what is the Open Day and what have they announced? Um, so probably the the headline is two new battle tomes, uh, both of which are like combining stuff, which has kind of been left on the uh, left on the shelf a little bit to get dusty. Um, so uh, the less interesting one, maybe more expected, is um, the Uruk Warclans, which is uh, the Bone Splitters getting combined with the Iron Jaws. So now they're gonna be in one book. I, I'm sort of in two minds about two very thematically distinct uh, because. It's basically uh, like combining sort of the 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 caveman style completely, uh, uh, rabid and um, and spiritual uh, versions of the orcs with the more kind of military. I, I don't know if I necessarily like those two being kind of lumped together a little bit in one, but it does seem like they are going to be keeping their distinct identities within the battle tome. So I'm sure it'll be good. The other one, which is probably more awaited for, is the are the free cities. Uh, which is basically a battle tome combining, well, it's it's essentially the miscellaneous, right? So it's like the old empire stuff. Isn't it like seven different factions? Yeah, ex- exactly. And um, so Faith, you were interested in uh, getting to Wanderers, and the the benefit to this, though we don't quite know how it's going to be worked out, um, but there's like an image of essentially a full Wanderers army with Sylvaneth and a Amber Mage. So one would assume that it's completely viable to run a Wanderer's army, uh, possibly with some other bits and bobs. So how are you feeling about that? Apprehensive. I hate change. <laughs> uh, I thought you were. You said you were Zinch. Yeah. Probably... Yeah. What are you doing? I said Zinch would be happy. Not... Uh, okay. Not that uh, Faith would be happy. Everyone <laughs> always asks why Zinch is happy. So, so you're like a Magnus the Red type follower, where you you really hate it, but you sort of grimly determined to continue. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, that's pretty grim dark, if you ask me. <laughs> the the most grim dark thing is being forced to do chores you don't want to do. Uh, that's what really <laughs> resonated with me. <laughs> like, yeah. When, when my mum told me to do the vacuum, I'm like, oh, this is just like 40k. Uh, yeah, you're just like I, I you're like I finally understand what it's like to be a guardsman uh, set up to fight like a ravening hordes of gene stealers and getting absolutely obliterated. You see. This is why Jordan Peterson is the most grimdark philosopher. He really is. Mm-hmm. God. Has Jordan Peterson ever d- uh, talked about Warhammer 40k? Because I feel like <laughs> there's, sort, there's like sort of a, um, a convergence of the audience there. Or, or do you think his audience members are just kind of like they're too above 40k? Like, you know, uh, that's like just pure childish enough. Uh, like, I've cleaned my room. Um, I don't talk to women uh, unless they're my wife. And like, or do you think, yeah, like you just think like they're just above warmer 40k, like it's for dullards. They need to pretend yeah. that they've read Sart- Sartre and um, Foucault. Warhammer is definitely a beta activity. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I kind of hope that um, old GW returns and shows its kind of uh, old and unpopular colors and gets super litigious and then sues uh, Jordan Peterson for copying his, their concept of chaos. <laughs> the, 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 the 12's rules of life they're gonna be like hey now it's like stop this is just the fucking book of law girl. what's wrong with you <laughs> it, that's like what actually disgraces him it's not his racism or transphobia it's like it's for stealing from the book of Lorgar and like the University of Toronto lets him go and everything. <laughs> I would I would watch that case. Me. I want to see. I want to see. I want to be the lawyer that has to argue. Actually, Jordan Peterson's chaos is the chaos in Warhammer, and here is why. 
There we go. Now that that would be exquisite. I, I would pay money to see that. That's, that'd be better than the Zizek Peterson debate. Yeah. Uh, it's, to, to bring this back slightly, <laughs> the other bit of of Wanderers related news was um the Underworld's uh new season being announced called uh, Beast Grave, and it's now sort of uh, the realm of beast themed. And they they basically did one of those very cryptic kind of silhouette uh, trailers. And I linked the image um, in the chat. Uh, it kind of looks like Beastmen versus Wanderers. So that could be cool. Yeah, mm. it, it definitely looks like, like a little... Com- it kind of looks like that Warcry Warband. Yeah, like had had, uh, had a child with Wanderers and stuff like that. That's what it looked like. Not to mention we got like a little teaser called like the Tithe of Bones. Soon we collect the Tithe of Bones. Which had some really interesting art there and a little voiceover, which seems to be their favorite way of te- of uh, teasing stuff. So. Isn't that just the conservative manifesto approach to the NHS? The tithe of bones? They're, they're just going to save on elder care? No, no, no. That's the um, that's what we're calling the mass child graves that ISIS set up um, that are, so- are somewhere in the New Mexican desert. The tithe of bones. Well, both of our countries are shit, aren't they? Um <laughs> It's a race to the bottom, boys. Let's go. <laughs> Damn, this this got depressing quick. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. I want to talk about the Oric War Clans because I have oh, Iron oh, oh yeah, go, go ahead. Go, all right, all right nice segue. We got it. <laughs> Spe- speaking of pain, destruction, and finding joy in it. Yeah, I mean, like, um, obviously, like we had like a friendly little debate. Uh, you know, a 40k versus AOS. Uh, where 40k friendly, clearly won. Quote, 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 quote. Uh. And I mean, like I have iron jaws and stuff. I've gotten a few. I got a uh, start collecting and a mega boss, and I've been, I'm going to do those in like uh, Emperor's Children sort of colors with a uh, purple and brass with a little bit of white. So, and our armies will be thematically meet, uh, meeting, uh, aesthetically matching with each other, Alex, with the uh, purple colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm excited for this because I didn't think because they did the uh, General's Handbook uh, points reductions and adding of new stuff. Like I thought this was going to be a lot longer's way out because it was like, oh, okay, well they did the General's Handbook thing, so the Iron Jaws are probably going to be put on much much later because they've already been given an update. It's kind of like how GW does it. But I mean, whenever these books drop and stuff, we'll see. They'll probably have a new endless spell. Like a new piece of terrain that you have to buy for Iron Jaws, which I, I don't particularly enjoy that. All right, well, uh, let's all just speculate. What could uh, the Iron Jaws terrain be? Uh, I'm going to guess it's going to be like the effigy of uh, Gork and Mork that Forge World has, but not $110. It's only going to be $90. My idea would be it's just a giant Iron Jaw. Ooh. That would be the lamest shit ever. No, no, no. no. It's actually the um, uh, the... Oh, Bruce from Jaws for the shark from Jaws. That's going to be the new set piece. So, do we think the city, the the free cities of Sigmar, are going to have seven different endless spells <laughs> and slash pieces of scenery, or is there just going to be like one unified one? I, actually, I kind of hope that instead of uh, like loads of endless spells, they, they will just like release various different bits of scenery, like scenery from the realm of life, maybe, and something that's more fire uh, themed. I think that that would be cool. The the whole point is theming it around the mortal realms. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, out of curiosity, uh, so Faith, you were thinking of doing Wanderers. Did you have any ideas for like theming them either aesthetically or just kind of um, uh, in realm terms wise? Of um, I don't I don't know much about the realms and um, but I want them to be wintry. 
Um, mm. Like, I want to, like, do the trees and, like, cover their branches in snow and, like, base all the bases white. That's cool. Oh, uh, that'd be great. Yeah, they're like a like like frozen branches and stuff like that. Okay, mm-hmm. like would they um would they still have leaves on them or would they kind of be like no the trees? They'll have they'll like, like like the the tree the tree men like don't really have leaves on them and neither do the Krenath hunters, right? Not yeah, particularly. Not, no, not they just have branches. Yeah, so I think they look wonderful in winter. Almost like going like a nightmare on Christmas or not not nightmare on Christmas, the nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> the, <laughs> nightmare. You just combined the. the uh, I think you've been watching too much Fox News or uh, reading too much Daily Mail in your uh, trips to Europe. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did pick up actually. Fun fact: I did pick up. Um, I was waiting in the terminal and uh, they had some free newspapers and I was or like magazines and stuff. I was like, all right. And I just saw one from the economist that was just screaming about Iran. And I was like, okay, I got to read this. And it was, uh, it was quite the read. I will say the Brits, <laughs> the Brits are good at their propaganda. That's the thing. Like that's, mm. that's the extent of my trip to Europe, just reading well, the economist all the time. And uh, I'm a, I'm a conservative now. Uh, another cool thing we got coming up is we got war cry next week. Which I'm looking. I'm, which I think looks cool. Some of the models look cool, and the train's neat. I'm actually pretty excited for that because I was talking to some of my people, and I was like, "Oh yeah, um, apparently it's really good for getting into it." So I, I'm, I'm I want to get it. I'm excited, but I don't know if I have too much money for it. But you know, I can always make more. <laughs> That's capitalism. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, uh, Faith, are you thinking about getting work cry, or are you thinking about just going no. exclusive now? Okay. Like it doesn't, it doesn't interest me much. It doesn't. Like, I just want to get the snake people and paint them like the no, don't step on me, like the Gadsden flag. <laughs> no step on steak. No step I on like, snake. I do like that one snake miniature. I actually like most of the miniatures in the line. It just, I don't want to own them or paint them. <laughs> 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 yes, the, the snake ones are my favorite too. Like, I'm definitely painting them up as the Neshi, but I've also ordered the uh, the Cypher Lords, uh, which uh, are very I cool. Want- the acro- acrobatic uh, ones with kind of strange, like their design is so they've got Roman sandals, they've got like faintly sort of like ori- Oriental uh, Japanese um, fan kind of looking helmets, and one is even armed with a fan, and they've got like sort of Japanese. One of them has three arms. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and I noticed that. But like in terms, it's like a weird. And I say this in a good way, like amalgamation of various kinds of cultures from around the globe. Like it's not strictly Orientalist or anything like that. It's everywhere. But everything is uh, has kind of the shared unified connotation of like upper class imperialism, which mm. is like kind of quite it's an interesting very combination. Creative. So yeah, it's all yeah, it, it's yeah. all like referring to this idea that they're all like borgy kind of uh, sort of just not nasty pieces of work who are incredibly rich and are going around causing havoc. The reason I don't like the or I don't want Warcry is because the models aren't uniform and there's not enough women. There's yeah, like it's They're way better than forty K. I like I like armies to look like very consistent, very sleek, very like practical. And Warcry is kind of everyone's unique and an individual. Yep. And yeah. Spoken like a true commie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah well I well I mean like I'm the fascist of the uh, group so I like the iron golems best. Oh yeah, yeah the iron cool. golems look kind of cool. <laughs> Imagine enjoying painting metallics. Th- this like post made by non-metallic okay. metal gang. <laughs> well, I just don't like painting faces, and they all have helms, and so that's a win by my standards. And they come in the start collecting set, so 
I'm really afraid of painting faces. Same. I'm going to have to learn. Why do, why do you think I've spent insert amount here on uh, gas masks for my guardsmen? <laughs> I don't want to paint faces. What you should do is you should paint faces on the masks and then paint faces on them. There so are... when, the, this, when the SGWs finally take over and we throw you into the gulag for your uh, like uh, problematic-looking Imperial Guard, you'll just be screaming, I just didn't want to paint the face. The eyes, they're so hard. The eyes. And be heard from again. It'd be like at the end of Heart of Darkness, where and instead Sam's just going, the horror, the horror, it's just the eyes, the eyes. <laughs> no, it's not even the eyes that are the hardest part, it's the teeth. Are they Armageddon Steel Legion? No, they're a, uh, a they're, a, they're a custom legion. I see. Yeah, I, I got uh, Adrian Helmet gas masks from uh, Anvil Industry, who, if you're looking for third-party stuff, they do, they do really good stuff, and it's probably some of the easier resin to work with. Also, sponsor us, please. Anvil, sponsor this uh, the Sigmarxism podcast, please. And audit no, I, as well. I veto this. We must remain independent. <laughs> yeah. All right. Speaking well, of which, it's time for an ad read. Uh, Audible.com. Uh, no. All right. All right. So that's kind of all the news with um, AOS going on. There's a lot of fun announcements. So it's been a little 40K heavy. So back to the AOS side. We kind of swing to the other side of the pendulum. And more units are getting squatted uh, because... Games Workshop hates fa old fantasy. So even more units are going to be made useless and pointless. So congrats. I hope Gladeguard are staying. <laughs> like, are you, I'm very smug when you say this because what's ha clearly happened is fantasy has gotten its big squad out of the way. Like, the occasional resin model here or there will go every so often. Um, but you've not had your big call yet. So uh, en enjoy your, uh, you know, make, make hay while the rain shines. Uh, which is definitely the right way of saying that saying. I didn't just totally fuck it up. What is that even supposed to mean? Put the... Well, well, the actual saying is make hay while the sun shines. Oh, okay. Well, it's pretty feel self-explanatory. I mean, yeah, unless no, you've never yeah. done a hard days of work in your life. Yeah. So transitioning from the Age of Sigmar news, uh, we, we have like a, another big, like one little big piece of uh, 40k news that's pretty exciting. Uh, I'm really interested, yet apprehensive at the same time about this. So as we've kind of entered the area, era of peak TV, where we have books uh, and films and everything else is basically being adapted into a TV show, uh, at some point or another, Eisenhorn, uh, that did the Dan Abnett series about the Inquisitor Eisenhorn, is uh, being adapted into a TV show by the producer, same producer who did Man in the High Castle. So he's quite familiar with fascism, uh, to Ooh. say the least. So uh, I'm curious, uh, Faith, what are your thoughts about Eisenhorn getting adapted or just kind of like well, the idea of like Warhammer 40k getting adapted into like the mass media in general? I really do want Warhammer to be adapted into a television show. I haven't read um, Eisenhorn. I'm not super familiar with him. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, am, I am disappointed, though, that they didn't use the obvious 40k television show bait, which is Cyphus Kane. Yeah, that would have been great. It, it's, it's, um, like he's a very likable character, and I think he'd be more approachable for a general audience than Inquisitor Man. <laughs> yeah, uh, a self-proclaimed centrist, nonetheless, too. Where is the show going to premiere? Is it like we, we don't know. I'm being they haven't announced that, that yet. 
Yeah, oh. the production company is has yet to find a yeah. It, it's, a it's been done by Big Light, which is as you say, it uh, has done like quite a lot of historical dramas. At, um, among with, with Man in the High Castle being more sci-fi, but they do a lot of true story stuff. And then Sport Mitz, um, he's also yeah. So Man in the High Castle is what he wrote as well, and he's also worked a lot on X Files. So that might tell you something, I guess, about that kind of vibe. Um, mm-hmm. well, I hope it doesn't end up glorifying fascism. Well, yeah, that's the hope. <laughs> well, I mean, if if it's a guy who did Man in the High Castle, then I, which definitely does not glorify fascism, not at all. I don't think it will. I, I think that now knowing that that is the person that's doing it, I think there will be some nuance to it and like some actual good depth to it. And plus, the story—it's a story by Dan Abnett as well. So it's like you know, you have the bait, you have the structure there. It's not like. Um, random uh, Graham Chud- McNeil, yeah, Graham McNeil <laughs> Chud fan fiction type. Uh, the Blam Blams did the Blam and uh, Bold Report. <laughs> uh, there's a good foundation to build off of, yeah. Uh, and also too, like Abnett himself is like uh, is like very critical of Eisenhorn, like unlike some of the other stuff, which just kind of like unironically glorifies space marines and stuff like that. Abnett has the introspective. Uh, introspection to actually question Eisenhorn and knows that he's not a perfect character and that like fact that the Imperium is not good. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think I, I say this, of course, probably jinxing it to us to a Chud filled TV show, but I think it can take Eisenhorn into a really interesting direction and kind of a larger critique of the Imperium though, though there is the chance that we get we get we go full libs and the Imperium just becomes a stand-in for Donald Trump. That is the other direction it can go. Oh God. <laughs> oh no. Why'd you put this thought in my head? This is uh, terrible. They did, it, they did it with discovery, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. See see I the know. Emperor is now gonna have like a big orange wig and uh, is gonna adopt a New York accent. He's not gonna be on a golden throne or anything. It's just gonna be like a very poorly written stand-in for Donald Trump. Oh, you know you should have play it. You play him. Um, who who does Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live? Alec, Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. Yes, Alec Baldwin play him, and just do the Trump impression. No, just go have for- Steve Baldwin play him. <laughs> <laughs> so then it is true to the spirit of Forty K, where it's Nazis but not, and then you've got Alec Baldwin but not. But what about instead of Steve Baldwin, get this Steve Buscemi? Does Eisenhorn have Space Marines in it? It does. Well, if that's the case, um. This might be the time when female space marines finally happen. Yeah, that would, that, would, nice. that would be ideal. Yeah, there, there's a lot so of space marine encounters. If so they don't funny. happen there, they're never going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. Primaris was basically an excuse for female space marines that they didn't take advantage of. <laughs> no, they didn't. Not at all. Uh, yeah, pro- uh, there's probably going to be like no diversity. I mean, Man of the High Castle is semi diverse, the Amazon Prime TV show. Uh, so I'm kind of curious if. The producer will take the opportunity to kind of to, to make the 41st century like a slightly less white for fuck's sake, just slightly less white. Yeah, I guess. yeah. And of course, the question, of course, is who's going to play Eisenhorn? Well, neither of you have read. None of you have read the series, have you? No, unfortunately. I, I'd honestly be okay if uh, Idris Elba would be a really cool Eisenhorn, and that would piss off the chuds too. Actually, no, just make a black woman. I was like, then just like make yes. them gender bend him. Yeah. Uh, get the same woman who's doing Ariel. 
and just have her play Eisenhart. Hallie <laughs> ba- Bailey. Yeah. Oh, no. Eisenhart sinks now. Oh, no. I was going to say get Don't the same woman from Star Trek Discovery, uh, but I think you've topped. Like, actually get both. Just have them both compete for the role, and then the chance have to be like Alien versus Predator again. Just they should have the woman who plays Rose be Eisenhorn. Honestly, though, that's like the worst <laughs> casting choice ever for an Inquisitor. <laughs> there we go. We got it. We got it. Okay. So, oh, so Rose Tico. Okay, we're yeah. talking about Rose Tico, of Last Jedi fame. Oh yeah, that would piss them off so much. Holy shit, <laughs> that would be great. Uh, I don't even care about the quality now. Like, I just want to piss off as many chuds as possible. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she'd be a good Inquisitor, but the tears would be too priceless to pass up on. Oh, it, it'd be worth it. It'd be so worth it. Oh, yeah. We surely are turning into just a reactionary podcast. We're just triggering, <laughs> the, triggering the... Doing things to trigger the chuds. Yeah. Before we devolve any further, do you want to hear some authentic, real TM thoughts from real-life chuds oh, yeah. about Hell yeah. My body is ready. Let's go. All right. Well, all right. So these are all from um, a, uh, a basically a, a Chud Facebook page, which has like 7K likes, which is a little bit disheartening. A uh, load of far-right assholes who share the, basically the evil version uh, of, of our subreddit. So here's some comments on the, uh, the Eisenhorn announcement. So one person says, Proudly proclaim you're a nationalist or a fascist and watch them squirm. The ironic thing about 40K is that it started as a satire but then became a cautionary tale and a resounding approval of unity over diversity. They hate that 40k is the one space they cannot infiltrate. What kind of fucking galaxy brain take is that? We've already infiltrated it. So, do you you agree with this take on theme that it's about the approval of unity over diversity? The Imperium, famously unified. What does that even mean? Yeah, Faith, this is all you. I'm just gonna go cry in a corner after that fucking comment. <laughs> 40k is not impenetrable. Um, we're already here. Yeah, that's that's really something. I, I do. I don't. I don't think that it is. I don't think it um supports fascism as much as these people hope it does. Well, they they are truly hoping that they can find a way of reading. Because elsewhere in the, in the um the thread, they talk about how um someone says uh, Abnet knows that uh, Horus Rising is like a, a criticism of fascism, but then they're saying, but it's red pilling enough people that it, it almost doesn't matter that they're doing it by accident, so it's fine. And then like one other person says on on like literally making the the representation argument that they sort of criticize the uh, the left for, and says. To be honest, I kind of think we do need more positive far-right content to bring us back to the centre from the far-left who st- with a stranglehold on pop culture. God. So what if 40k was a punk rock view of totalitarianism and could be considered a joke? It still rings true for any conflict between a desperate, if not ignorant, pe- people and hordes of crazy people who'd want to manipulate and abuse them. This is awful. I just hate this like idea that the far-left controls... The media. Really much, really much like of fucking anything. The like, opposite of true. Like, Donald Trump is fucking president. What more do you need to prove that, like, the far left has l- so little power? I, I mean, I mean, Danny, you gotta realize that, like, basically, when they say far left, they mean the Jews as well, so... They, they either, yeah, like, charitably they mean Meryl Streep clapping, and then uncharitably they mean they're anti-Semitic. It's, it's one of those two things, neither of which describes the far left. It's like the Rothschild meme, like, all fucking over oh, again, yeah. that the, that the uh, 
that the far left controls everything. Fucking like uh, I'm just like in pure pain right now after that meme. Like I have an actual headache. <laughs> Funnily enough, on that same thread, right? There's uh that classic meme format where the anime person is looking at a butterfly and saying, "Is this you? You know what I mean?" Uh, yes. Except the the butterfly is 40k. And the guys are saying, "Is this alt right?" And this is like after about fifty comments about how they're hoping this the show will kind of uh, emphasize how how fashion is good, push the Overton window right. Now one person is like posts this meme and gets lots of likes about libs presumably misapprehending forty k as alt right, which <laughs> is amusingly contradictory. Honestly, um, I really wish Workshop would. Like at least try to do something about this shit. That... Yep. Yeah, they're so spineless. Why do they? Why do? They, why? Like it can't be good for their optics or money making to have fucking neo Nazis like running around doing Warhammer shit. Like, like why can't they at least, at the very least, disavow these people? Get like, Duncan to do it. Like nobody hates Duncan. It, it, I, yeah. I reckon if Duncan came out against Nazis, they probably still wouldn't hate him. It, it'd be the perfect thing. Well, they see the far left as Nazis. Yeah. Because Nazism is actually a far left ideology, don't at me. Mm. And socialism in the name, so therefore it's the far left. You know, I saw yeah. socialism in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Hitler was actually a socialist because it said national socialism. Uh, I am very smart. He was very pro animal rights, therefore he was a hippie. Uh, I I saw a gal. This is a not to get too off topic, but I saw um like a I saw a Galaxy Brain lib meme that was like it was like number of people Hitler killed one. It's like number of people who were working for Hitler killed you know millions and stuff like that. It's just like he's just a bad manager. He's just Michael Scott, you know. <laughs> he's he doing his silly dances. He just wanted people to like him. God, like that's what his speeches were about. He's just trying to motivate people. I can't believe you people can be so critical. Someone who's just trying to joy, bring joy to people's hearts. Um, uh, but but faith uh, to kind of build off of your point, yeah, it's been one of my biggest criticisms of Games Workshop is that they don't have an official statement when it's so obvious. Like, and they had a chance too when they had like that a uh, big AOS, um, like you know, proper contact, uh, proper conduct uh, thing that came out. There should have been like a literal one that was like no fucking Nazis. But I, I think that Games Workshop is under the impression that a lot of legitimate Nazis like their game, like, and that they're like a sizable base instead of just like majority of people who just fucking hate their guts. Which is true. I, I, I believe that, honestly. Like, that, that if they called them out, they would lose a significant amount of sales? At least 10%. Mm. I don't know if just calling them out would make them lose those sales, but I bet at least 10% of Warhammer players are at least very far right. I, mm. I think there's like a. There's maybe a distinction I would put here where I I don't know how many players are like literally KKK carrying uh, card holders like the the you know the worst kind of scum that you would like <laughs> insert Minecraft threat here basically um but like I would still suspect there's a much bigger uh like possibly even up to twenty five percent of people who are into Warhammer who if Games Workshop made that uh that call they would get annoyed about them being political. Yeah, I bet I bet more than twenty five percent would be upset about it, but I would be surprised if they lost even ten percent of. Because they'll still like their fa space fascists, even if Games Workshop hates them. They already hate GW anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. someone hate hates GW. No one likes it. 
No, but there's also the bootlicker fashion uh, faction too. Yeah, new GW. It's it's so cool. It's so lovely. They 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 do tell funny jokes. They they do adverts, self-aware. Yeah. How could a, a, a company be bad if they advertise? If if that is Games Workshop's excuse for not calling out fascists, like that they're worried about losing some customers, like that's even more disgusting than them yeah. just not doing it just because they're fucking lazy and incompetent. Or mm. don't think it's a big deal, or there's not enough fascists to really worry about. Mm. Yeah, because it's definitely that's definitely like a capitalism before. Because then, then you're just like actively making a product for Nazis, and like that's really bad. Yeah, it it, it it's kind of like um like pre Donald Trump, like when we had the like, and you have the the Barry Goldwater era of uh Republicans, mm. where basically um where I mean like they 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 were the you know on the foot people were basically. Actively going after KKK members or or uh, Nazi neo Nazis and stuff like that, but it's kind of like you know they made fun of them behind their back. It's like they were well aware that neo Nazis and the KKK were their base, but uh, but they didn't uh, you know take the mask off with the Republican Party. So I, I feel like that's probably like a big part of it with GW. It's like they know a good amount of their base are neo Nazis. Well, th- well, here's the thing. Also, like I think one of the things is like when you look at something like. Um, Another community that has uh, kind of some uh, right-leaning um, aspects to it, which is Magic the Gathering, where there's people who in it who are right-leaning. But the problem is, the thing is, is like when they got called out, when uh, like Wizards of the Coast banned Jeremy Hambly um, and that whole thing, because they were like, "Yeah, we're not going to deal with any of your shit." He made a big stink and said, "Oh man, the game's dying." What, what, what not? You have to realize that a lot of it's about optics, and a lot of it is a lot of these alt-right people like to say that they have control over the fandom, or like, oh man, we have the fandom, but they really don't have the numbers that they either think they do, or they're just simply lying because they want to keep control over uh, what little they have. I think magic is much further left than Warhammer. Oh yeah, it is. Because there's nothing like about magic that like specifically attack, attack, attracts fascists other than nerd shit and like nerds are fascists these days. The the other thing too, like other than like I don't think literal neo Nazis and KKK members makes up a significant base. I'd guess if I had to throw out a number five seven percent, but I think that there's a good chunk of people who play Warhammer who are either liberal or identify as centrist, even though they're probably just like American libertarian who would just be so upset that GW openly commented about politics. Yeah, I was trying to say that. I bet it would be more than half of the community would be significantly upset. Like, Grimdank would just be posts about GW making the game political and for, like, weeks. But I think uh, it would settle down and be a big deal. Just as long as they don't introduce the uh, the political gene seed and, 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 and then inject it into space. <laughs> and they will turn them political. Yeah. yeah, politics is turning the Space Marines women. <laughs> the lost primarchs are politics and social studies. Mm-hmm. It's just like for, everything, every fucking thing they've done has been political. It doesn't make any. Oh God. Every yeah, everything is inherently political as being a part of human life. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I just fucking hate this idea that like you know politics shouldn't Poor be talked tries about. to be political, mm-hmm. like actively. Yeah, it's just like everyone's like, oh man, you know, you should you should keep politics out of this. You should keep politics out of that. And it's like when you talk to like, I remember I was talking to um, my um, Turkish history teacher, and she was talking about. She's like, I don't understand this culture in America where it's like, uh, if you don't if you talk about politics, then that's rude. Like like in at least in 
and from her perspective, not talking about politics is is more rude and more. It kind of shows that you're like and that you just don't care about the system and that you're kind of just an idiot and that you you know don't care about your future or whatever. So that's the sort of thing where it's people just don't understand how much politics affects them or they don't care. And I don't I don't know which is scarier. I think that America's like that because of the large amount of like. You know, you know how people say that they're not racist and shit, but they're like, of course, really racist. Like, if they don't talk about their political be- beliefs, they don't really have to confront them. You know, mm. and so like they normalize that we don't talk about politics because America's so about maintaining the status quo. And if you're not talking about politics, if you don't if you don't talk about the status quo, you can never get to the point of challenging the status quo. Um, I think this could be a whole episode into itself, but yeah. Basically, all it is, it's mainly to keep the majority white popu- white uh, Christian population feeling comfortable without having to realize the actual horror and terror that they're inflicting upon millions and millions of people. It's, it's a commodity fetishism of politics, really. That's kind of that. With the, uh, I hope the Eisenhorn TV show is good, and I hope it's a genuine critique of fascism and i hope it doesn't take the liberal route of being like herder uh fascism only existed in america under donald trump herder because that would also be terrible but it would annoy people and that would kind of be its its own reward it's like the it's like the politics like with the disney marvel films and stuff like that it's like i don't give a shit about captain marvel but captain marvel herself annoys the shit out of chuds so i am therefore supportive of captain marvel I'm anti-Captain Marvel. You're anti-Captain Marvel? Yeah, isn't it just like military propaganda, the movie? It, it's, it's surprisingly sort of tries to subvert that. I'm not saying it's like, does it well, but... It's it, not fucking good. The Air good. Force runs ads. Well, yeah, this is the weird thing. Captain good. Marvel in them. For a film... Like, I'll try to speak generally to avoid spoilers, I guess, if, if people haven't seen it. But like, oh, who gives a shit about spoiling which, Marvel films? There's nothing yeah, to spoil yeah, who Marvel cares, films. Who cares? All right. All right you, all right. Are, you go into it, and you know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. The Marvel like, films are literally nothing. They're not cinema. But, yeah, yeah okay, whatever. Like, uh, yeah. So the point is, for a film which, like, uses... Like, it really pissed me off during the marketing, where it's literally conflating kind of uh, feminist uh, sort of, um, like, self-affirmation with military bootlicking. And I'm just like, this is going to be just the most horrendous piece of shit in the world. It's going to be, like, Top Gun, but, you know, it, it, it's it's like flashing its kind of... its feminist card. In the end, at least, it, it does... The, the the like in a very kind of obvious twist for anyone who's like from a, a left wing perspective the the terrorists turn out to kind of be well the the freedom fighters essentially who are just fighting for the right for self determination and the uh, army that she's with are horrible imperialists that she rebels against now she doesn't rebel against America because they're sort of off screen doing their own thing but it's at least more anti imperialist than I was expecting it's just still not great. It's like the lib anti-imperialism, though, where it's like... Yes, yeah. I really I really hate, like, the subversion of feminism by popular culture. Like, feminism should be transgressive and not just upholding the status quo or slightly changing the status quo to put women in it. And I don't know, that shit kind of annoys me, and it comes off, like, pandering. I don't like it. It is pandering. It's mm-hmm. 100% it's like, pandering. Well, like for me, like the problem is, is like this kind of feminism, this kind of like neoliberal feminism really actually ends up hurting it in the long run because you end up when whatever happens, 
Yeah, because whatever, you know, you have people like um, Sargon and stuff who will use that sort of, the hypocrisies found in like neoliberal feminism to just discredit the whole thing and then you just give them ammunition and then they just, that's how they build up a lot of their bases because people are uh, mm. just unhappy with it. It, yeah, it's white carceral capitalist feminism. Like the mm -hmm. Captain Marvel politics are it's literally the we need more pr women concentration camp guards politics of feminism. That's all it is. It's just like, yeah, we need more Nazi uh, women Nazis. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't blame liberal feminism for these alt-right people. Like liberal feminism is shit, but they hate radical feminism more than they hate liberal fe feminism, don't they? Well, they hate to them. They're indistinguishable because because they're because they're dullards. They're they're smooth brain dullards who can't tell. I haven't watched one of these people like. Since, well, that's probably for the best. Like, but since like I was little, <laughs> isn't the case study what we're talking about something like the Gillette ad, which is like a classic case of, but there's a profit motive in um, in basically appearing to be woke. Uh, to stirring up the massive shitstorm on social media from all the people who assume the advert is personally attacking them because they're bought into cultural bullshit. And all of this mm -hmm. only benefits advertisers. But the problem is, like, will there come a time where the profit motive will be to, like, take on sort of anti-feminist reactionary politics and all this kind of thing? So it is sort of... There's already been that. Like, we've seen, like... Um... You know, with comic books and like comics gate and whatnot, there's already been this idea of, well, everyone's all these people are just too lib and too feminine. At the moment, that's not the biggest brands advertising. It's whatever. Sells. It's growing. Like it's not true support. It's like it's like during Pride Month, how corporations had no interest in gay people until it was cool and good, and they'll lose interest as soon as the fascists start to take over. If they start to do that, I hope they don't. I don't necessarily think they will, but. If they do, like these brands will never stick up for us, and it, it's 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 really shitty. And honestly, I hate seeing it. Like these these brands are uh, like, fake. I want true allyship. Yeah, and you'll never get true allyship from a corporation ever. Like H Bomber Guy has the most succinct uh, thing about that. So check out H Bomber Guy. You're probably already familiar with him about brands aren't your friends. Uh, yeah, it's. And it's clearly just like the shock value. It's the classic line of there's no such thing as bad PR. It's PR for PR's sake, whether it's good or bad. This ain't, it's like the whole thing that they're getting out of casting Halle Bailey's Ariel. It's like Disney doesn't actually give a shit about black liberation. They don't give a shit about feminist uh, liberation, gay liberation, LGBTQ liber liberation. It's just about stoking as many fires as possible to get mm -hmm. as many people talking about it, to get as many engagements as possible, as many uh, hashtags as possible to get about the little mermaid that's all it is it's pure profit driven and it's fucking hell world i have one question for the rest of you if you don't mind do, do you think that that in the eisenhorn show a character will say something along the lines of make the imperium great again 100 percent uh 100 they did it in star trek Oh no! I I will bet my literal paycheck, and I will donate it to uh, like mermaids. If the if if the line "Make the Imperium Great Again" or some something similar to it is not in the Eisenhorn TV show, I will literally donate an entire paycheck. I'll hold you to that. Oh, I, you know what? Actually, counter bet, counter bet. I bet you, um, something. We'll figure this out another time. Uh, that. There will be a Brexit reference before there will be a Donald Trump reference. 
Mm. Is there like rebels and like succession and Eisenhorn? I haven't read it. Yeah, I mean he's dealing with chaos. If there are, so then there's... there might very well be. All right, uh, triple down on this bet. We're we're doing it. I'm tripling down on this bet. I bet they will make a wall reference in Eisenhorn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, but you didn't actually bet anything. You didn't actually put anything down. Come on, put something of value down. Come on, Alex and Danny, don't be spineless. Oh, man, ooh, I will, I will make a video of me reading like. Just send me the worst Chud comments ever, and I'll read all of them, and I'll react to them in a video, and I'll torture myself for an hour. <laughs> I'll do it live! I'll do it live! There we go. Yeah, live stream on YouTube. I will live stream myself torturing myself with Chud comments, and if they do not make a wall reference in, in the first, first season of Eisenhorn. First season, yeah, not first like season. the first episode. First season. Uh, I don't even think we're going to get beyond the first episode without a wall. <laughs> see that's then i'm good then we're good you know that, that, yeah and like i think we're all good on these bets because it's going to be the dumbest form of crit criticism of fascism possible uh or maybe Whatever. it'll be a, a brilliant tv show or it'll just wholesalely uh, uh, uh embrace fascism in which case we're all fucked anyways so or maybe it will dunk on donald and also be good which you know mm. i don't mind donald dunking true uh, it's just that liberals are very bad at dunking dunking on him they're like herder putin x trump uh isn't it fun that funny that they're gay it's yeah like, like the next <laughs> one's a russian in this for some reason or some shit yeah okay all right that's enough of that's enough of hell world uh now to go on to something where politics thankfully have not touched uh video games um <laughs> uh, so we're gonna talk about a little game um they targeted gamers gamer <laughs> um so I don't know if you're familiar with this game, Faith. Uh, there's a game called Vermintide 2. It came out uh, a bit ago. Uh, do you know anything about that game? Yeah, I play it almost every day. Uh, what is Vermintide 2? Vermintide 2 is a cooperative PvE game. Um, it's like Left 4 Dead, but with rats and melee instead mm. of guns. It mm. has guns, but guns are like the secondary feature. As we all know, me melee makes things better. We we've learned this from reading Grimdank memes about yes. how. <laughs> Except it really <laughs> does. It, it, like the game is a hundred times better than Left 4 Dead because of the focus on melee and the great melee system, versus the melee system in fucking Left 4 Dead, which is just like hold hold left click for chainsaw or or just like do the same animation for uh, the axe just to one shot Nazis. The animations I mean, and the way the enemies react to your your blows. Just feels incredible. It's it's a power fantasy like no other. Yeah, it's it like it's impressively um, elegant in that rather than like if I was because I'm an idiot. If I was to design like a good fighting game, uh, the first person one, I'd be like, well, clearly we need to like get loads of different moves sort of mapped to different buttons, so you got the choice to what to execute. But I'm tired. You you basically only really have combinations of light attack, heavy attack, um, shoves. Uh, and block, and that's essentially mm. all you have in terms of like physically interacting with your enemy. But mm. because there's there's it's like very patterns, elegant. yeah, mm. there's there's all these kind of patterns of of weapons, sort of swings that you have to sort of get used to, and then you can combo them up in time through dodges. And it is actually very skill based. And I'm yeah, yeah, it, it's it's it's, good. it's a very difficult game, and I'm excited for them to up the difficulty in August with the new expansion. Uh, Winds of Magic, right? Mm -hmm. The Beastmen. And speaking of politics, I don't think the game is particularly reactionary in any overt way. So that's, that's fair. 
like, I mean, so Warhammer Fantasy and definitely AOS like don't have the same problem that 40k does in having the protagonist no. like, literal <laughs> Nazis. So that's generally like makes Clients things easier. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, like it, you know, in terms of diversity, Vermintide is actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I can gush about the female characters in Vermintide a lot. Like, like they're they're really awesome. Like they they don't even have like Warhammer boob syndrome. Mm, yeah. yeah, no, they don't. Like, uh, like they're really tastefully made. Like, and also like the wizard, um, Sienna. She's like old, <laughs> and that's like really uncommon in a video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's like literally having um, sort of Til- Tilda Swinton as like your main character in an action game. Uh, it's pretty good. Like she's like she looks like she's like fifty or so. Yeah, it isn't part of the thing is that she's actually much younger, but because like the fire magic has been aging her because it's so dangerous. No, that's a fan headcanon apparently. Oh, okay. I, right. I actually I... talked to a Vermintide dev on the subreddit about it because I was mm. under the impression that, that was the case, but he said that no, she's actually old. Which is awesome. I like it better that way. That is awesome. Yeah. Now, because that's I, I've always heard that theory a lot. It's like she only was old because of you know fire magic, and fire magic is dangerous. But I like that a lot better too. That she's actually elderly. She's the sass. She's like the sassy she's grandma. Not elderly. She's like fifty. Fifty. Yeah. Older. Older. She's older. You know, still strong and stuff. She's like yeah, like boomer essentially, like a young boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Sienna. A, li- a literal like, boomer when hey. I play her. If Sienna had a political orientation, she she'd be an anarchist, I think. Oh yeah, I mean, oh absolutely, hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. She is the most woke out of the like. It goes, Sienna is is the best. Then Kruber is like our proletarian hero who sort of compromises by working for the man. Yeah, but But, the filthy, filthy centrist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Carillion is kind of a conservative and a bit of a dick. Carillion is absolutely a a Nazi. Like, <laughs> well, well, she's only like not a Nazi because she's standing next to an actual Nazi. <laughs> Have you seen how the Wood Elves treat the Bretonians? <laughs> yeah, they yeah. They for sport. Uh... They take their children as slaves and then kill and eat them. What's up with just elves in general in games are always like literal like Nazis or like monarchists or like just authoritarians in general? It's always. Whatever, whenever the elves are in, in in any sort of fantasy game, that's always what they are. Like even the Tolkien elves and like whatnot. Elves can be a like, and like that's not always the case. Like there's the elves in Dragon Age are. That's a good example. There's also a problem with also non Dragon Age elves like only being white, and I'm I'm going to mm. be sure to paint a lot of my elves as not white. Yeah. Yes, but what yeah. about the dark elves? Dark elves aren't really they're they're white in fantasy, right? Um, they're but like in other, basically. in other settings, usually they're like like ashen skinned and like they 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 don't have like a human skin color, you know. Yeah. And actually this is where Star Trek wins, right? Because Vulcans are basically space elves and they're complete like you, there's plenty of non white yeah. Vulcans. But like Vulcans in, aren't in really fantasy. elves in the traditional way. They just have pointy ears. Well mm. the yeah, they're sort of emotionless elves because they're still like very much into the the kind elves of the are higher culture. The... Usually, more emotional than humans, which actually fits with Vulcans very well because like the Vulcan non-emotion thing is like a reaction to an event in the past where like they got themselves into like a nuclear war because of hot tempers and shit. Well, I just think like 
there's there's always this undercurrent of elves as sort of representing definitely the bourgeois and sort of this elitist attitude where it's they always think they're elite more elite than humans because they live longer um and they're sort of uh they don't age as much as humans so there's this idea that they are pure and humans are not and then you can get into like all this kind of race issues with them you can talk a lot about that like i think tolkien talks a well tolkien was kind of uh, reactionary so uh, but he talks a little bit about race issues in in fantasy in general like post tolkien <sighs> yeah that's that's always a conversation yeah mm -hmm. it's interesting that you, the, the vulcans are emotionless because of uh, the nuclear war the Romulans are the Vulcans that left because they like emotions and stuff. Right. And they're more traditional elves, I think. Yeah, that's kind of interesting because that's like basically what that happened with the craft world. Like the craft world's kind of like became with suppressed emotion. So I guess it's another yeah, thing that GW ripped off. Sad Vulcans and the um Drukhari are horny Romulans. <laughs> oh. Another thing that GW stole. Oh, I learned something new today. Going back a little bit onto the game, uh uh, I, I, the one thing I really like about it is like the the feel of it, uh, kind of like how the enemies have armor, but it's not just for show. Like hitting them in like where their armor is, like where their shield is, or like where their armored head is. Like you, you actually have like like really good feedback uh, yeah. from hitting armor and stuff like that. Or if you don't have like an armor piercing weapon and stuff like that, the feedback that you kind of get, like the, the little damage, like it'll maybe like only knock back like a chaos warrior or like a storm vermin. Versus, you yeah. know, if you have like a proper armor piercing item, like a like an axe or something, like it'll like just slice them and like the oh the the decapitations and the uh, yeah cutting apart of limbs is so satisfying in Vermintide. It really it really has a great feel and a great rhythm. Mm -hmm. it, like like I said earlier, it's just an amazing power fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I no, it, it really is like a power fantasy. It's kind of yeah, like... you just wade through hordes of people, mm -hmm. slicing them to bits. Yeah. And it and it works too because like uh like the unlike you know like playing like say a master chief or something like that uh, where sometimes the enemies can pose an actual threat it's kind of like it is the master chief thing where it's like the small ones don't pose a threat to you and as they get increasingly bigger they pose an increasing amount of threat to you. <laughs> yeah, those chaos warriors are tough as hell. Yeah, oh yeah. I I've been punched to death by chaos warriors more times than I care to. That punch uh, attacks very surprising, and same with the kick. Yeah, all the enemies also have the same like types of attacks as the player, which is pretty cool. Like every enemy at least has one light attack and one heavy attack that they mm. use in different circumstances. Yeah, and it's all context based too, which is what that's what really sells it. Like it's uh, you know where you are if you're parrying, if you're blocking, or if you're just going full on attack. Like all the the, the context of like their damage taken, it's all depending on what's going on, which is why you're able to have such simple controls, but yet it feels so intuitive and it feels so natural because it's all context-based and the animations and the... Uh, I do wish there was, like, a little... My only complaint that I would give about Vermintide is I wish there was more colorful settings instead of, like, grays and greens and browns. So, like, I would definitely love, like, more blues or pinks or very brighter settings, brighter colors. And maybe they'll do an AOS Vermintide 3. Oh, uh, that'd be beautiful. And I bet that could be a bit more colorful. Actually, like, because oh, the Winds of Magic is is definitely going to veer towards color, especially with some of the uh, like. The, it's very fiery. Yeah, with 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 some of the really kind of effects based things. But out of curiosity, um, because I think you've both played Vermintide One, if I'm not mistaken. I have not. Oh, oh, you have not. I okay. pl I played it a little bit, but not as much as Vermintide Two. 
Oh, actually, we'll, we'll just I'll just use you probably played the the maps from Vermintide, one of the three ones that have been transposed, which is uh, Engines of War, Horns of War. Yeah. So the the maps in Vermintide One are probably still, in my opinion, my favorite compared to Vermintide Two. Like the the game itself has improved by steps and bounds, you know, more enemy variety, more refined dialogue, custom, uh, more refined enemies, customization, blah 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 blah. But like they they just had more atmospheric milieus in one. Uh, I don't know why that is. Like, it's kind of, it feels like it's more embracing being an action game, which is kind of what it is. But it had, it was an action game with a, like a horror aesthetic. Yeah, Vermintide One was definitely scarier from what I've seen. If I had to give a reason why, I think it's because the the setting of Uber Strike itself is a lot more fleshed out and ha- was given a lot more character. Mm. Uh, versus Vermintide Two, you're kind of like a little bit more globe trotting, you know. You're going from like this uh, temple over here that's corrupted by Nurgle. Uh, you're going to a town that's just been attacked. You're going to go to this other town that has like a screaming bell on it. Uh, no, versus... it's the same town. Most of the missions take place in the same city called Helgmart. But like there's been like a huge ass cave in. So like it looks different in a lot of places. Like in Hailskirt, it really is like caving in and stuff. Right, um, right. And in Screaming Bell, it's like at night. And Righteous Stand is also in Helgmart. Um, but I think. I think Sam is right though. You don't get that much of a sense of the city compared to Ubershrike. I was gonna say, like, like I actually really like Helgmark. I haven't played the original game, but it's really cool. It's just like after playing like Fallout New Vegas stuff to actually play a game with realistically sized city that actually like makes sense. Like has farms and and like the farms are part of Helgmark too. Like they're on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it actually looks like a place people could live. Yeah. The maps, I mean, like, I'm not complaining about the maps, but I'm just saying, like, I think that maybe it gave Ubersrike felt a little bit more aesthetically distinct, uh, consistent, I guess. Focused. And it's more focused. And versus Helm- Helmgard, like you said, it's like a city where there's lots of stuff, but it's very disjointed in things. So I think that's kind of why Ubersrike sticks out that. in a lot of people's minds. So, and plus, I mean, you have a literal, you go a literal uh, fast travel with the Skitter Gate where you, get, where you go into the Northlands, but that's a really cool segment when you literally yeah. fight the North. The northerners in their in their camps. Yeah, only four of the maps take place in Helmgart, and Skittergate is mostly in Norsica. Yeah, yeah, which oh. is really cool. Yeah. Uh. So, I mean, if you if you guys haven't uh, listeners, you haven't tried Vermintide too. Oh, you know what? There was one. We thing. totally missed like the best part of Vermintide, though. Wait, and there, that's the character dialogue. Yeah. Character, yeah. The, the the lines are the best part. Uh, you want to say there is no fascist equivalent, but there is the Empire. Which are kind of like Holy Roman Empire Germans. <laughs> Aren't they less yeah, like, fascist and more like feudal? Well, that's yeah. the Holy Roman Empire. That's basically what yeah. he means by that. Yeah. Holy Roman like, Empire is technically, quote unquote, the first Reich if you're going by like Nazi uh, logic. Yeah. Logic. Yeah. The um, uh, Salt Spire, who was definitely the like, he, he's basically the cop, the Inquisitor, nasty piece of work, um, who reminds me a lot of Jacob Rees-Mogg that kind of affect going. But He's like, definitely his the most evil. Amusing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> can, can anyone do an impression of Salt Spire? No, God, no. Sigmar, bless this ravaged body. <laughs> oh or sorry, let, let me actually try. Holy Sigmar, bless this ravaged body. How? <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh. Uh, okay, all right. Let me. Bless let me... this ravaged body. It's something like that. It's all right. Everyone, I can't give me. Uh, let me, uh, let me, let me get on my DM voice. <clears throat> let me lubricate the the vum. Holy Sigma, bless this ravished 
body. That's a good one. Yeah, There's... you got the, especially at the start, that really kind of, yeah. Holy Sigma. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's really waver. fucked up. Yeah. Oh, I that, will say that Vermintide has single-handedly gotten me back into the hobby and switched me from 40k to fantasy. Mm. Like, it, it's, it's, it is that so good of a game. Yeah, the fantasy, the setting of the old world is more popular than it ever has been. Um, and it's yeah. dead. <laughs> And I, I miss dead. it so much. I haven't even played it. <laughs> I, I I love both fantasy and AOS at this point. Like at least, yeah. Um, there's still plenty of Skaven to kill in in the mortal realm. But my yeah. wanderers are just gonna be what else? Like, unironically, yeah. Yeah, like just what else? Defenders of Athel Warren. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of like that. That's kind of like what he always literally looking. For. In a good Warhammer video game, because there's so many shit ones out there. There's so many cash-ins or things. Don't say. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, the, those are the ones that really stick out. It's like ones that have great voice acting, which Vermintide has in abundance. Uh, all the sca- the Skaven noises, the chaos noises, and obviously our four main casts, our five main casts, sorry, of a Barton, Kruber, Sienna, Corellian, and um, Assault Spire. For the bloody Uber Strike five or four, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Oh, I, I play I play Kruber so much I hear that a lot. <laughs> he has good war shots. He's really encouraging. He's, he's very positive. Uh, yeah. he's like the he's like the he's like the body positive, uh, less reactionary <laughs> Elliot Hulsa. He he definitely has embraced breathing through his balls because like 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 hell is anything gonna get through that bushy beard. Mm. Yeah. Uh, those those are always kind of things that even I have, like, I was, like, interested in fantasy, like, after Total War, Warhammer, and uh, especially Vermintide. I was like, wow, this setting's really cool. It's like, oh, here's this AOS shit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I guess this is what I have to make do with. Uh, I hope they had a, they would do orcs, even though they're fighting on Order's side in uh, during the end times and stuff, because it's all a little... I mean, that would definitely be the most fun Vermintide 3, where you're fighting, like, bouncing squigs, trolls, like, screaming orcs. And... I, I think that would awesome. kind of break the immersion of the game. Yeah, because orcs are really <laughs> tough. Orcs are really fucking tough versus clan rats. Like, mm-hmm. I could see fighting goblins, but I'd rather have them fight vampire counts if they're going to fight anything. And, like, do or, slow or, zombies and skeletons. Like, or two kings, but... Little... Shabti. I think vampire counts make more sense for the Uber Strike Five to fight based they on do, their position yeah. in the old world, Indeed. and also like the coolness factor. Like, imagine getting swarmed down by giant bats. Oh uh, god, yeah, the bosses would literally be like Vargolfs and shit, like Vargeist and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, like the, the my only sort of of, of reluctance with um uh, the vampires compared to like the other stuff is obviously the bosses and specials will be different, but the rank and file that you're fighting, skeletons and zombies, is this the same thing that like has made me sick of every single zombie of fight? Left 4 Dead. Actually, that's yeah. not true. Warhammer zombies are very different from Left, Le- from Left 4 Dead zombies because they're slow. Yeah. You know, so they, because Vermintide could use a horde enemy that's like slow and tanky. Mm. And or like the classic. Like, just like a creeping doom that you do not want to be cornered by. Well, yeah. plague bearers um, should be that, right? Like, and then they, skeletons. There, so far, there's only one rain standard enemy in the game, and that's the Ungor, and it hasn't been released yet, or one of the Gors. I don't know what kind. Well, other than the There's Rattling one. Gun. Yeah, but that's the special. I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, oh yes, no, no, special, sorry. But, like, a rank and file skeleton archer would be really cool. 
Yeah. Hopefully they're just my only complaint is that make sure that they're not as like uh, sniper skeletons as like orc shooters are in the sp- the relic space marine game where orcs are like super accurate in that game for some fucking reason. So <laughs> they have to make them like a little less accurate, otherwise you would just be dead before you even know it. Shield meta. Shield meta. Ironbreaker meta incoming. My question is like, how many Warhammer games have they made? A lot. With all the mobile games, there's so many now. Yeah. And there's like so many that were made in the 90s era. So many fantasy oh, yeah. ones, 40k ones, uh, like Rights of War. Uh, there's the Eldar one. Uh, there's that Bell. There's a whole bunch of ones that are just kind of like basically like the Starcraft slash Command and Conquer ripoffs that were made in the 90s at the height of the RTS. Wait, really? There are non Dawn of War 40k RTSs? I know there's lots of turn based strategies, but I'm pretty sure Dawn of War is the only RTS. No, no, there's some RTS ones. If you uh, go on GOG and you look up Warhammer 40k, is Epic for is Epic 40k a R- RTS then? No, no, no. That one is uh, that one's turn based. Hold up, uh, not Armageddon. Uh, Chaos Gate, Chaos Gate, and Rights of War. That, those are the names ones. They're old '90s games that are RTSs. I see. Uh, anyways, so uh, we're speaking of RTSs. Uh, of course, that is the perfect. Sidekick into Dawn of War, which is f- famous and beloved by most, but not so much by you, Faith. Uh, specifically, Dawn of War One. Yeah, I I don't like Dawn of War. <laughs> I think it has fun voice acting and the chaos people being over the the top is fun, I guess. Um, but the gameplay is atrocious. <laughs> It's definitely a hard disagree for me. I love it because, like, <laughs> you because you hate all the can you hate all the canned animations or like the uh, sync deaths and stuff like that. Well, but I, I love hate that. the sync kills from like a competitive standpoint. Like, they're not the worst thing. The worst thing is the ability bloat <laughs> and like being able to reinforce wherever the hell you want and the low time to kill and the cover system and indirect targeting RNG shit. Um, mm. See, I, yeah, I don't mind all that stuff because that's, that's just kind of like it, it really it captures the scale of Warhammer like really well, like versus Dawn of War Two, which is the much more combat squad based uh, version of the game. I think it completely butchers the 40k feel by making all the enemy by making it so hard to kill shit. Like everything has so much health. Um, games like you'd expect a 40k game to be bloody as hell. I will say, though, that the building placement animations for the Space Marines, 10 out of 10. It feels amazing. Where they literally call down a holy church and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, they just... just slam into the ground. Just, It's incredible. There's like a crater. It makes a good sound. Just thunk. Versus that. But I think some of that kind of comes to, to trying to get to a more closer to lore feel than a closer to the tabletop feel. Because like tabletop feel, like everything just dies in like that. Like, everything's gone and it gets removed. Versus, like, lore-wise, you know, a Space Marine's supposed to be really tough and can take, like, 100 bullets and that kind of stuff. So it's it feels not just the Space friendly. Marines, though. Like, Guardians can take, like, 20 bolter shells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, like, everything's like a bullet sponge. I like to think of that as them dodging. But uh, everything does have huge pools of health. So, but, it, but I mean, like, granted, like, you have all these sponges and stuff, but it just feels really epic because you just have, like, so much bolter fire, heavy bolter fire, guardian fire just like blasting at each other and then you have the tanks in the back uh the ai it's not 
that the AI is not aged well, but I just feel that unit-wise, sound design-wise feeling, and kind of like the different base building or resource mechanics of some of the various races, like how orcs have their walk banners to generate, uh, increase their population cap. And like Necrons, it's about capturing points and rebuilding the monolith. I just think it captures the feel of what you want the the factions to feel like. And, and it's a pretty good, uh, I would say, translation of third edition Warhammer 40k, which for a lot of people is kind of like considered peak Warhammer 40k. So <laughs> I would recommend Dawn of War, Faith would not. Uh, Alex and Danny, unfortunately, have not, have not played it. We'll have to do a session where so you can actually play it. Yeah, we, we, we need to have one of these podcasts where we do like a gaming session. That'd be fun. Yeah, we should have the Sig Marxism gaming channel. Uh, so, yeah, send us an email. Would you be interested in a Sick Marxism Let's Play channels where we do 40K games? Uh, and maybe some not 40K games, depending, or, well, Warhammer games, I should say, not just 40K. There's my bias coming in. Uh, <laughs> uh, getting Alex is triggered. I'm shaking in rage. How could you do this? Call myself out. Um, so, that, so, tell us, let, let us send us an email at uh, podcast at sigmarxism.com if you'd be interested in that, or comment on Twitter. And then lastly, uh, Faith, you prefer Dawn of War 2 a lot more than 1. Dawn of War 2 is a much better game than Dawn of War 1. It fixes most of the issues. So do you like it or you're just kind of like you just it's just an improvement upon Dawn of War 1 for you? I don't like it, but it's also not it's it's not like egregiously bad like the first game. Mm-hmm. Like like I can I can really see the appeal of it and like I see why people like this game. It has weaker voice acting. It's way less personality, um, but it plays much better. It, it loses a lot of the flavor, and it kind of feels like it, the Dawn of War 2 is reflective of the time that when it came out of 40K, which was 5th edition, which in itself kind of was like a little bit of a bland edition. 5th edition was my first. I liked it. No, it's an okay edition. I still am nostalgic for it, honestly. It's the best edition I've played. Because it's the only edition you played, right? Isn't it? No, I've played sixth and seventh. Oh uh, well, those are both terrible editions. So <laughs> they're awful. Sixth and seventh are nightmare fuel. They're awful editions. <laughs> sixth awful isn't rules. that bad. Like it only had like the flyers being awful. But seventh yeah. or or no 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 never mind. Six was terrible. It had random psychic powers. I I I purged that from my memory. Like your farseer doesn't even get to learn the correct power. Is like totally like, random. Like like. Like in fifth edition, you got to buy the powers, and like they actually had a point cost that reflected how good they were. But no, sometimes your your farseer is good and like really puts in work and can like doom shit. And other times it has Eldritch Storm, which does fucking nothing. Yep, sixth and seventh edition were both uh, total nightmares. Uh, sixth edition is when I stopped playing 40k and stopped collecting the models, and I skipped seventh edition entirely. So I did not uh, go through the nightmare that was detachments or. Or f- jump, fly, shoot, jump. Yeah, I have a hang-up on detachment. So one detachment person. Yeah. Though if I had to make my only one regret to not playing in 6th and 7th edition is that I could have bought the models when they were much cheaper than they are now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have like vague memories of like Predators being like $30. Oh, that sounds so nice. $35 for the exact same mold that hasn't been updated in years that's older than probably Danny here, honestly. <laughs> hey man, this is why we need to nationalize Games Workshop and just set a single price. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, unironically uh, nationalized Games Workshop. Uh, Alex or Danny, are there any Warhammer video games that we missed that you particularly enjoy? I actually haven't played a whole lot of Warhammer games. The o- actually, um, weirdly enough, I did voice acting for some random person uh, who was doing a voiceover of a video of a Warhammer video game that still exists out there, and I don't know how embarrassing it is, but right. it is. Somebody find it. Somebody find Danny's Warhammer voice acting. I'm sure it's great. I I recommend both. You know, uh, Vermintide, Dawn of War One, and Dawn of War Two. Alrighty. Um. So I think that's a good point. Uh, F- Faith. Uh, thank you so much for having faith in us and uh, dealing with our nonsense. Yeah. Uh, it, Rich, play the George Michael's version of Faith, not the Star Trek song. No, 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 no. Star we Trek song. Playing, it, it's yeah, we're playing Enterprise theme tune. That's what we're going out on. There's nothing. It's been a long road. It's, it's been a long road. Good I thought you guys didn't even like Enterprise. Here. I don't, but I'll still sing the song because it's good. But Faith is an actual good song. It's been a long time, <laughs> but my Getting time this is finally pod. near. See, whenever every time you say it's been a long time, it reminds me of that. Um, oh fuck! Uh, who, who who sang that song? Like, why won't you stay with me? That why won't you stay with me? That that one, Sam, Sam something. But it reminds me of the song. It reminds me of the song that they sang when um, the guy from the Fast and Furious died. <laughs> oh, Sam Smith. Okay. Sam, yeah, okay. It's it's that song that features... Oh my god, how did I not how did I not know this? Because like that song is burned in my head because I did a um color guard routine to that. Oh my god. How do I not know this? I'm so disappointed in myself. Yeah, the, the um yeah, that song. It's been a long day to see you, my friend. And see you again. But I'll see you. Yeah, that song. Every time you say that, it reminds me of that song, uh, the song in remembrance of Paul Walker. So, mm. I don't know. so that's that's a good song. <laughs> I'd rather that instead of the Star Trek Enterprise song. No, let let's compromise and just do the Red Dwarf theme. So uh, it's cold outside. Okay, so there's so much that needs to be cut in this episode. It is second compromise. Do uh, actually dwarf hole, but except it's the metal version of it that like a random metal band just recently came out with. I, I see we're all doing our own, uh, trying to show off our own uh, vo- uh, singing uh, capabilities. Oh, I wasn't showing. Oh, believe me, I wasn't showing off. I have no illusions about my uh, my singing voice. I'll sing the whole song. Don't at me. All right, all right. Let's kill this podcast. Kill it where it stands before it flee flees. Um, Should we say the thing before we go? What I don't. What's the? Oh yeah, this thing. Okay, everybody. Thank. This has been another episode of the Marxism Podcast. Thank you so much, Faith, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Even and you've seen what a, a bunch of uh, scattered brained assholes that we are. So thank you for putting up with us. Uh, <laughs> thank you for your commentary. So thanks for putting up with me. Uh, it was a, a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. Agreed with Danny. Uh, if you're interested in finding out more episodes, we are on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes. We have a Twitter at SigMarxismPod. We have a Facebook. If you are interested in uh, listening to us more, feel free to check us out there. Uh, join the Reddit. Uh, subscribe to the Reddit. Subscribe to the Discord. Um, you know, SigMarxism Reddit. Uh, then you can message one of the mods at the Reddit to join the Discord, where we shit post 
uh, gleefully, all that fun stuff. And of course, if you have any emails, comments, or questions that you want us to read and embarrass ourselves with, send an email to podcast at sickmarxism.com. I am your host, Sam. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sick Marxism. Uh, we don't promise to get any better from this. It's just all downhill from here. Uh, and as always, Nationalize Games Workshop. Nationalize Games Workshop. Nationalize Games Workshop. Nationalize Games Workshop, I guess. It's been a long road Getting from there to here It's been a long time But my time is finding me And I will see my dreams from a life of The clan!